Film Fanatics. From the silver screen to your earphones. With Alan Azulay and Gal Balaban. Welcome back to Film Fanatics, where we talk about the movies that have us obsessed, excited, and inspired. I'm Alan. And I'm Gal. Today, we're covering an overwhelming amount of movie trailers from this last week and starting a rebellion against Reichman University. I'm just kidding. The Galactic Empire. Because Andor is the talk of the town, and we're reviewing it after watching it on Disney+. Plus. That's right, but first, let's get into some news. Or should I say trailers? We don't actually have any news today, because we have like a thousand trailers to we go do. through. We do. So, Gal, start us off with the trades, or I guess the trailers. Um, Indiana Jones. I've been waiting for this for a very long time. It felt like they kept delaying it, and finally it's here. Uh, and ready. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. What do you think of the title? Uh, the title was fine, I guess. Like, nothing that special. But, like, it does seem like an Indiana Jones adventure, I guess. Let me just say this. I think it's fine, but it's a much better title than The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, also because that <laughs> wasn't really a kingdom in the end, was it? But, whatever. It's like a UFO of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. Um... Exciting stuff. Uh, this is being directed by James Mangold. I think this was a good choice instead of being, uh, bringing Spielberg back. I want to see Spielberg do like original stuff. And um, and I love to see Mangold's version of Indiana Jones, if that makes any sense. The cinematography still looks very Spielberg-esque. Like, even if yeah. we're not just talking the past Indiana Jones movies, it looks like it was shot in the same like cameras that he's used for his last couple movies but man this trailer made me smile um they brought back uh john reese davies who has like a little monologue at the beginning and the action scenes it all looks really immersive it doesn't look fake or like they're on a set and i just love harrison ford man I, i love that he's still got it yeah, I think you can thank uh, Mangold for, for that because even when you were watching like Logan, it never seemed like they were in a, like a soundstage or something. Or Ford, yeah. v, uh, Ford v Ferrari, like it was so good like how they used actual locations to film everything. I loved DH Harrison Ford. He looks great. Yeah, I can't say anything bad about the de-aging. Uh, like I think they're using the Mandalorian technology now, which I think is what most studios are going to use from now on, which is like deep fake. Uh, the one that they used in, um, not in Mandalorian, sorry, in the book. The book of Boba Fett, the, the one where they Boba hired Fett. the guy from online. Exactly. The one positive impact that show made. I'm excited to see um, Harrison here because he clearly looks like he has a lot more love for this character than he does for Han Solo. So, like, <laughs> uh, um, I'm really excited. Like, he, he teared up at D23 when they were talking about the movie and... Yeah, he just seems like he has a deep love for this franchise, and uh, so do I, and I'm guessing so do you. Of course. And um, I'm excited to see what they do with it. And yeah, like, um, Mads Mikkelsen looks great. I think he's playing the villain, right? It looks like it. It has something to do with the space race, apparently. Boyd Holbrook also looks like he's having a lot of fun. I don't know what he's, yeah. what his role is. Antonio Banderas in this is in this as well. Yeah, Phoebe Waller Bridge, who always seems like she's having fun. It does, uh, and um, yeah, now she she got to be in a solo movie and an Indiana Jones movie, which is oh, she's really following in his legacy. Yeah, yeah, I I love the look, I love the feel, 
I love when the music played. I, I was like in on it from like the first second. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited for this movie. I think this might be my top three most excited movies that I am for 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 next year. I would not hesitate to second that. Absolutely. Top three. Second up, we have a trailer based on one of my favorite mov- uh, my favorite video game franchises of all time. Uh, the Last of Us. It's coming out on HBO and HBO Max next month on f- in, in uh, January. Does anyone still watch HBO Live? Like as the episode airs, is that still a thing that people do? I don't. I don't know. I haven't done that since Game of Thrones season eight, I think. So I'm not sure. Uh, but I'm definitely gonna be watching this on HBO Max every yeah. week. It looks fantastic. It looks like movie level good. Which is to be expected because it's from the Chernobyl guys. Uh, I'm and, pretty sure yeah. Johan Rank might have left before they started filming. Because I, I read that recently. No, that but like it, in in the trailer, it shows from oh. whoever from so Chernobyl. So it's the producer still, yeah. but he just didn't direct anymore. Okay, gotcha. But it was... Wait, I want to fact check this because I'm pretty sure... Uh, Okay, so whatever. it is uh, Jeremy Webb, Ali Absey, Karen Balagov, uh, Neil Druckmann directed an episode. What the fuck? That's Who? amazing. That's the guy that created the video game, Neil uh, Druckmann. So I don't know any of these people, but uh, that's the only name I know here. Um, and Neil Druckmann wrote an episode as well. That's that's awesome, man. He's such a talented writer. He created the characters, you know, all that. From uh, from the video game, he wrote I think the scripts from the video games, if I'm not mistaken, and yeah, I'm excited to see this. He also um, he's a fantastic writer. Like he wrote all the Uncharted games, oh my um, god, all the Last of Us games. Yeah, his first video game was the first Uncharted, the one that he wrote. So like, well, this show better be better than the last Uncharted movie. Yeah, he uh, he had nothing to do with that. So. Uh, no, but the Uncharted games are amazing. I've never actually played Last of Us, but I understand the cultural impact in the video game world because of because I have friends. The first one <laughs> is one of my favorite video games of all time. Uh, the first The Last of Us. And uh, the second one I didn't really get into that much. But, uh, I heard it was interesting. Yeah, like I played it. I just don't remember that much about it. And um, I think the casting of Pedro Pascal as, as Joel is insanely good and it came out of left field a little bit but like after he was done it was like how did we not think of that and um i'm very excited to to see what he brings to the role because we haven't gotten a chance to know joe from the trailers that much like pedro pascal's version i just remember when he says you don't know loss and i'm like damn that acting exactly i'm still not sure about bella ramsey we'll see um because i haven't seen her in a lot of things uh, she's also a Game of Thrones alumni, but uh, let's see what she what she does. She was like the Queen of the North or some shit, right? For a while, isn't she like twelve? Yeah, um, yeah. That was a, that was I'm a ra- her- that was a ra- that was a point in like season six or seven of Game of Thrones or something. Well, I was like giving actors the benefit of the doubt if I don't know who they are. Um, but Nick Offerman has a guest appearance in this show apparently, which really excites me. And Storm Reid. Gabrielle Luna it? is also in the show. Yeah, Nico uh, Parker, daughter of Tandy Way Newton, which is kind of cool. Murray Bartlett from The White Lotus. Yeah, Melanie if, Linsky. Yeah, oh. and if you've seen uh, Agents of Ch- Agents of Shoot, which you should, 
I know every, nobody I saw likes this show. A couple episodes. But, it was kind of at. It's uh, a network show, so big no no for me. Uh, yeah, like I, I've I've watched the whole thing. Don't ask me why, but like uh, Gabriel Luna played Ghost Rider. Wait, was he the Agents Rev Nine? Yeah, he okay. was in Terminator Dark. He Fate. was the last yeah. villain from Terminator. Yeah, he's great. Like he's a great actor. I uh, like what he did with uh, with the Ghost Rider in, in Agents of Shield was pretty interesting. So that's cool. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited about the show. It has the blessing of the creator, which we're always saying here is very important. That's why we're excited for Percy Jackson this time around. Mm -hmm. And that's why Uncharted was kind of a miss, uh, in my opinion. And, um, and I guess in most people's opinion. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm definitely, we're definitely going to be reviewing this show, uh, after, after it airs. And I'm like stoked about it, that it's happening finally. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, James Gunn wasted no time after dropping the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special because we already have the trailer for Volume 3, and it looks great. I'm not sure how the numbers are on the, on the special, but that's definitely kind of a way to like advertise that without advertising that in a way. Like, yeah. uh, so I re I, because it is a bit early for a trailer for guardians but like i'm excited we got it it looks great it's five months it's um, like they used to be more normal than than what they've done lately yeah lately it's been more like three four months but like exactly uh yeah it looks fantastic um it looks like i'm gonna did have, you cry in the trailer uh, not in the trailer but it looks like i'm gonna do that in the movie and um with damn good reason because i think half of them are dying what do you think of our sneak peek of will poulter as adam warlock he looks fine. Yeah, we we only saw like one. Scene, I thought he I would look better. Like, um, uh, he's supposed to have an Infinity Stone in his forehead. I know that they don't exist anymore in the MCU, technically. Um, but I don't know. Maybe with multiverse shenanigans or whatever. But like, I think that weird golden thing in his forehead looks weird. I trust James Gunn with my life, so like, I'll probably love this. I do as well. The only thing he's done ever that i didn't love was guardian was guardians 2 and even that i really liked i just didn't love and um and it seems like he's he's doing a lot of like more serious like stuff here and like less jokey stuff than guardians 2 so i'm, ex I'm excited i want the loss and the drama yeah and the we'll fly away together one last time the forever and beautiful sky To be honest though, my one concern is I don't think Gamora is necessary in these movies anymore. Um like I get that uh, that she's like back as another version now, but I think it's Marvel keeps doing that, and it's becoming pretty cheap. I don't like, think they do. Her loss is Loki is not dead anymore. Vision's in the back in a new iteration. Yeah, but Iron Man, Captain America, and and the Black Widow are all with, dead. I'm not saying they're doing it without exception, but I just think you know, especially seeing the holiday special and like seeing that he was like dealing with her loss, and then he's like. She's back with no memory. It just seems like it might be a little bit awkward. 
I don't know. Especially because her death in Infinity War really was powerful. I I think that they can make it work just like I think they can make the vision thing work. Either way, it's probably the last time we're going to see her. Uh, I don't know. I feel like they deserve a happy ending and I'm hoping that's what they get. It did feel like she was getting frigid a bit and like uh, her coming back kind of denies that fridging thing. So I like that in a way as well. I just think resurrections in general, like Marvel's just gotten so used to it that that like all the fans, every time a character dies, they're like, I don't believe you. And it just gets so cheap. Like, I just think that they need to be a little more comfortable with finality here. That's me. Yeah, I guess we, we have like different opinions on that one, which is fine. For sure. It's an equally exciting trailer for us to talk Definitely about. Definitely not. Uh, the Super Mario Brothers looks good. Uh, Chris Pratt is still horribly... Mushroom Kingdom, here we come. I don't think I'm the target audience for this movie. I think it's for like ages 10 and under. I don't think but, so. I mean, I don't know. The humor looks kind of cheap. I'm only excited for two reasons. Anya Taylor-Joy and Jack Black. Because Jack Black, I'm such a massive fan of. Like, I think in my history of liking movies, he was the first person who I ever called my favorite actor. Um, you know, School of Rock and is still one of my like so has a special place in my heart. And of course his voice work with Kung Fu Panda and if you want to mention Shark Tale, I guess. But the point is Don't do that. The point is he's always he always seems like he's having such a joyous time with whatever he's doing. Yeah. And so I love I just love seeing Jack Black pull up whenever. I think this movie Seriously, it has the potential to be like an animation like Behemoth uh, because the um, the franchise is so beloved by so many people. Like, I love Mario. Like, I've always loved Mario. It was one of the first video games I ever played as a kid and I played it like nonstop when I was a kid and even when I was like a teenager. So, like, I love uh, the Mario games. So, we would... I really want this movie to do well. I hate that they didn't go they didn't trust on the franchise enough to put like good voice actors and like instead of like going for like stars um like i get like jack black because he's a good voice actor so he's fine Anya taylor joy also seems like he's she's a good voice actor keegan michael key fred armison uh charlie day these are all really talented people yeah but these are all people that have like history voicing characters at least most of them so like we've had we have like proof that they work. I think Chris Pratt is just miscast here. Like uh uh like Charlie Day looks like he's doing a great job with Luigi, but like um I don't feel the same way when I hear I just hear Chris Pratt, which is weird. Who would you have cast? Cuz I I want to think I'm sure there could have been someone better, but I can't think of it right now. See, that's the point. I don't think like a Hollywood executive, so I would have cast like a great voice actor that's not well known yet, and then you can f- surround him with all these stars. Okay. I feel like they should have done that with Mario, also because like I'm not sure who plays Mario in English in the video games, but they actually picked the guy that plays Mario in Portuguese to voice him in the Brazilian version. So I feel like they could have done the same thing. Watch it be Chris Pratt in the new Nintendo video game now. Oh, it's like the movie succeeds, so like let's bring back Chris Pratt. Oh God, hopefully not. But anyway, it looks great. Uh, like the animation, I love the animation style of Illumination. Animation looks good. Illumination's 
had a lot of misses for me lately. Yeah, but their animation always looks good. Like, I love, like, the the kind of, like... It's different than what Disney does. Disney, like, you have, like, this more ultra-realistic kind of thing going. Now, especially, like, with, like, weather and all that. And, uh, and like, Illumination is more, like, fantasy animation, if that makes any sense. But... I just really hated the last Minions movie. I haven't watched any of the Minions movie because I don't hate myself like you do. (laughs) (laughs) The last... uh, Sing 2 was fine. I'll just leave it at that. Um, Yeah, it looks fine. I feel like the humor looks like it's being aimed too much towards the youngsters. But I don't know. I'm going to see this in theaters for sure, like 100%. But like, I want to go in in a session that is in english at night so there are no kids <laughs> so yeah uh what's the next one also another big franchise that's right transformers rise of the beast the best critically received franchise of all time um yeah so this one's a change of pace because michael bay is no longer anywhere near these movies yeah actually wait he's still a producer never mind But he's not directing, so thank God. And it stars Anthony Ramos and Dominique Fishback, who is of Judas and the Black Messiah fame and also um, a movie uh, with Jamie Foxx, Project Power. Project Power, yeah. And Anthony Ramos, I don't have to introduce him because he's he's been from Plenty. Um, Yeah, let me just say this still looks way better than the main series. Um, it doesn't look as good as Bumblebee. Yeah, just that's what I was going to say. I have a simple math equation, which is more Autobots equals worse movie. But I've, I've never been a fan of this franchise. Let me confess that. Like, that's my deepest, darkest secret. Me neither. I cannot suspend my disbelief for Autobots. We must assemble. Like, I can suspend my disbelief for a talking raccoon if you do it right. Like they have in Guardians of the Galaxy. But... This if, has never connected. I with think me. that's the problem. It's because they never did it right. Like, I'm. I also am not a big fan of the Transformers franchise. Yeah. But like, I watched the cartoon and I was like, when I was a kid and I liked it. But like, I feel like the only time that they actually captured captured some magic was with Bumblebee. Like the only time. Yeah. And that's hinging on like directorial ability uh, of um, Stephen Knight. Travis, Travis Knight. Knight, sorry. Stephen Knight's a completely different yeah, person. Yeah, he's the Daredevil guy, sorry. Um, also not Stephen Knight, but okay. Yeah, Stephen S. the Knight. <laughs> That's two different people. Come on, man. Uh, so, like, um, uh, my knowledge is being tested today. <laughs> um, and um, anyway, like, that's the only time that I felt any sort of connection towards this movie. And it has my favorite actress in, the, in it, which also helps, uh, Haley Steinfeld. So, like, I don't know. Like, um, I love the 80s vibe that that movie has. It looks like this one is going for a 90s vibe. This taking place. Which I love. I love the 90s. But, like, man, I don't don't know. I don't, I I honestly don't know. Maybe this one will surprise me like Bumblebee did. But, like, I'm not holding out hope. The problem is in Bumblebee is... um, It's a lot of robots. I don't like 
Yeah, those, whenever those it's just like Bumblebee doing like this and being cute and everything and hanging out with Haley Steinfeld, I'm like, wow, this is lovely. And then these other Decepticons or whatever come and they're like, we must blow up Cybertron or some shit. I'm like, yeah, shut it. up. I hate it so, so much. Just, I don't think these movies are for me per se. That's why I really yeah. hope they focus more on the humans and like the visuals, I guess, instead of having the characters needing to like give long expositions. But again, like if Michael Bay had come back, I would be like not even watching it at home, but it's the director of Creed two, Stephen Capel jr. Maybe he could surprise us. Yeah. He was great in Creed. So yeah, again, I'm a bit biased because I've never really like grabbed onto anything. I know there's people who will defend the first transformers movie. For me, they were never for me. Apparently, for fans, that's what I heard from friends of mine that are fans of the actual source material of Transformers, is that the only time that they felt the movies were as good and as faithful to the source material was the beginning of Bumblebee, when they're in that different planet. I oh, forgot the name of it. Cybertron. Probably. But also, like, again, that was not my favorite scene. No, I know, but, like, I'm talking about, like, the, the fans of the franchise... Most of them say that like that's that's when it looked the most like Transformers. That's when it felt most like Transformers, and I can see that because like it was really high quality visual effects and like they were in the in the in their own planet, which is never the case. Weirdly enough, in these movies, even though we have the technology to do that, um, like there's always humans around. Which again, for you, you and don't me, want Shia LaBeouf. Like, for me and you, it's good to have, like, humans like Haley Steinfeld and not whatever Shia LaBeouf was doing back then. But um, I guess for fans, it must be weird that they don't let the actual Transformers, like, shine, even though we have the technology to do that now. But I would also be less excited for that movie without, like, actual people. But again, I just... Even I don't think with it's the original for us. Transformers, I don't think it's I for us. I just never gripped onto it. And also, anything Michael Bay touches, I didn't even like Ambulance. So like Still I just don't enjoy his style. I like The Rock with Sean Connery and Nick Cage, and that's it. But like, I will tell you one thing: I like the look of the monkey. <laughs> oh <laughs> he yeah, he looks yeah. cool, and that's it. That's... Who voices him? It's not Ron Perlman, is it? I don't know. I... Optim- yeah, it is Ron it Perlman. Is? Michelle Yeoh is in this movie. Yo, Pete Davidson is voicing an Autobot. See, that'll be fun. Peter Dinklage, uh, Michaela J. Rodriguez. June 9th, if you're if you're excited, um, I feel like this now that I f- now that they're not in the main franchise anymore, they're being less indulgent and trying to like welcome more outside fans than the ones who like followed all the other five or whatever movies. But yeah, should be interesting. Now something that might be a little more for us or maybe not. Um, Alan, what's our last trailer? Uh, we're talking about something I just watched, which is the insanely titled Cocaine Bear trailer. Um, this movie, apparently it's inspired by real events. And I looked this up and apparently that is not that incorrect. Apparently in the 90s or 80s, uh, a plane did crash with and a bunch of cocaine fell from it. And a bear did do a lot of cocaine. Uh, like he ate the package or something. 
but he didn't do anything like he didn't kill anyone he didn't he just i think he just kind of died so <laughs> so it's just way sadder plot but twist it, it's like it's his dream at the end the bear was dreaming right before i death. wouldn't doubt that hollywood would do that <laughs> but like um yeah so that was the real story but like this looks a lot more interesting which is the bear goes in a homicidal rage so that's fun it looks insane and i want to see this movie this looks fun it looks like it could be both awful or awesome and even if it's terrible, it'll probably still be a ton of fun. It's directed by Elizabeth Banks, who did the fantastic movies Pitch Perfect 2 and Charlie's Angels. Um, Do you want another sarcasm. good news from this movie? So, it's only one and a half hour long. I miss short movies. That's probably not reliable at this time. If it hasn't premiered yet, that's definitely not reliable. What do you mean? Like, um, it's, it's in two months. Usually when it's this close to a movie, then... Uh, they already released the the time it's trust me they they change sometimes but it's not gonna change that much they're not gonna add half an hour to cocaine bear no i'm saying like it might not be an official report and it might not be reliable but this movie has quite the cast carrie russell uh o'shea jackson jr who i love alden Ehrenreich, jesse tyler ferguson fucking ray liotta's in this yeah, R.I.P. Uh, I think this is his last movie. Which is, I guess... It's, what a way to go. Yeah. Um, Matthew Reese is in this movie as well. What a way to well. conclude your... Uh, from the Americans with uh, Carrie Russell. Oh, holy shit. They're... Yeah. They're he, married in they real life, to, They right? got to work together and... It, that's sweet. Yeah, they are married in real life. I don't think I've seen either in a movie in a while. Because... She was in the last Star Wars movie. She was in Antlers. That's right. But before that, she was in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. He was in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood and Perry Mason. I haven't seen that show yet, but I hear it's yeah, good. Yeah, me neither. I hear it's good as well. Anyway, so uh, it looks f- so f- fun. And we're going to definitely talk about it because February is a, like a dead month <laughs> for movies. So we're definitely going to be talking about it. Yeah, we'll probably be at the peak of our Oscar coverage and hopefully enjoying Ant-Man. <laughs> Oh yeah, you're right. And man comes out in uh, that like around the same time. It's February twenty fourth, so it'll be a nice break from uh, our arts coverage to talk about something really dumb. Yeah, <laughs> we'll probably we'll probably have a guest here for that because this is gonna be a fun movie to like simultaneously rip apart and just talk about how much we need it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, are you ready to move on to our review this week? The yes, only sir. review we have actually today. Yeah, so, it's a show with a very long title. Yes. No, just Andor. So, uh, do you want me to start or do you want to go for yeah, it? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, Andor is the Star Wars shows that, that I was most excited about. I think I talked about this before on the show. Uh, especially, Obi- especially after Obi-Wan disappointed the hell out of me, even though that was the show that I was most excited about. Andor was a clear second. And it's all because of the creator. The creator is Tony Giroy. Uh, he's Oscar-nominated. He directed Michael Clayton, The Born Legacy. And he did the Rogue One reshoot. Which, the best Born movie. Which in turn yeah. made Rogue One, at least in my opinion, probably the second best Disney Star Wars film. And like in my top five Star Wars films of all time. And just a great film overall. Uh, I think that's a fair thing to, to say. That movie's also good 
And um, that's why I was really excited about this. Um, I'm usually not that big into prequels because, like, we know how uh, Cassian's story ends. But again, because of the people... The bang. Exactly. But because of the people behind it, I was like, you know what? This is going to be fantastic. And I was right. (laughs) I actually don't think I've seen The Bourne Legacy, but I hear it's the worst one because it's the only one without Matt Damon. What did you think? I liked it. Um, I definitely think a lot of people are leaning towards this is one of the best Star Wars things ever. And I'm like, okay, I'm glad you like it. I'm not going to say relax, it sucks or something. I'm not at that same hype level, but I certainly enjoyed it, especially the directing. It was a really good change of pace from the last couple of shows because it felt like something always needed to happen or else the show felt like it was failing itself. Here, it could just really uh, take itself slowly. It, was, it wasn't it was as like movie-level pace like Book of Boba Fett or Obi-Wan. It was more like pace like, like a, show. a streaming show like Ozark or... Um, the rings of power. I don't any streaming show where it can let itself breathe or stay in the same place for a little bit so that the characters can really like ingest what's happening. Uh, that being said, I think we've talked about this, it does get really slow sometimes. Yeah, um, I think you like we've said this a million times before, but like I watch it weekly, uh, when shows are premiering weekly, and Ga watches it after they're done airing, like. He binge watches it. Um, in the middle of the show, like not middle, even less than that, I think episode four or something, I texted Gao and I was like, this show sucks. It is so slow. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I'm surp- I'm happy to report that that changed drastically for me. Yeah, I still think those, four, those first four episodes are a bit too slow. But... Um, I like the balance that they reached with the final episodes of the show, like five, like onwards. And I'm happy to report that, like, this is honestly one of the best Star Wars things ever. And I know that you don't agree with it, but just the quality of it and, like, the visuals and, like, the story and, like, the script and everything, like, just blew my mind. Yeah, I will say the visuals are are great, especially, like, they don't need to stand out as much. Like, they can blend in more than the rest of whatever and the music was really good but there's so many like boring side characters that take up a lot of screen time um and they some of the side characters just felt kind of lifeless to me uh we'll talk a little bit about some of the people um who's some of their names i didn't even remember until until looking it up after yeah Let's start with uh, with Cassian Andor himself. Uh, Diego Luna is fantastic, right? No complaints. Yeah, no he's compl- a great ma- He's like a great leading man. Absolutely, and he proves that again here. Um, he he's charismatic. He's got the heart, but he also knows when. Uh, yeah, like he's a when dick, Cassian which can I love. Like, suck it up, and he needs to he needs to like fight for his life and be a dick. But in like. That way. It's really easy to to also it's the fun thing about this first season. It's basically the story of Cassian becoming a rebel, right? Like, uh, it's the beginning of the rebellion in general. Yeah, but like for him, I mean, like for Cassian in himself, it's like him being like totally disillusioned and thinking like that's the shitty way we're always gonna live under the empire. To him becoming a rebel, right? And rebel in, yeah. in the real sense of the word that rebels have to kill and rebels have to like rebel like it's not the pretty thing that it looked in episode four 
Yeah, um, exactly. In the in the other movies or in even Rogue One, it's, it's like this badass heroic thing. Here, rebelling is this ugly thing. There's still macabre and yeah. violence. Yeah, no, but even is never in Rogue cool. One, Cassian kills a guy from the rebellion because yeah. it's the best thing for the rebellion. So, like, I like the idea that we got to see a Cassian that wasn't like that, but we're seeing him become that, which is what he is already in Rogue One. So, and we see who did that to him, which is Mr. Stellan Skarsgård as Luthen which is a f- bastard of a character but he's right that's how the rebellion gets done so i love that he's cool he's a very interesting character and that's a testament to scarsgard having a great on-screen presence all in all yeah he's i think he's my favorite character from his from the show for sure yeah he's great like his acting is out of this world and like i love again his progression he has a speech in the second to last episode if i'm not mistaken about the rebellion and about sacrifice and all that, that is honestly one of the best speeches in, like, Star Wars history. It's so good. So, so good. Uh, um, Oh, there's a speech in the finale that I will never forget. That's also top 10 Star Wars speeches. Um, Can we talk about who I thought was one of the better characters, Fiona Shaw? Um, Yeah. She was a lot of fun. She is someone who I thought had a lot of life, and her relationship with Cassian... You can tell she's this heroic woman who's not going to change her beliefs, even if, you know, fear is dominating the entire way of life across the galaxy. Yeah, she's really good. I think she only got to really shine in the final episode. But, like, uh, bef- like before that, I was like, when is Fiona Shaw moment coming? Because, like, she's such a great actress. Yeah. So I was waiting for it. And thank God they delivered. There are parts where she's a little underutilized just because you notice when there's less interesting characters. Adria Arjona, also very underutilized because she was really good. Um, but here's where I get to who I didn't like, which is this character played by Kyle Soller. Um, no, but let's talk a little bit about uh, Adria as well. Like, um, yeah. Well, what you said about her being underutilized, I have a feeling she's going to become a big character in season two and uh, like maybe even in every episode. So... I'm not glad that she didn't have a lot to do, but like I'm excited for her future, if that makes any sense. I wouldn't have complained if I had liked these other characters, but some of them are just... We're going to disagree, I think, on this one, but go on. Yeah, Adria Arjona, she's great. She has a lot of heart, and I I always bought her acting. No, this one we agree on. But Kyle Soller, I just thought he was... He felt so distant, and his personality... He never felt threatening, but he also... You're supposed to get into his head a little bit, and I never really cared for his inner conflict. If there really was any, it just didn't intrigue me at all. Like I, I didn't, I didn't enjoy any of what he did, and I don't, I don't know if it's his fault or just a boring character. Like, are you kidding me? You actually thought he was boring? Like, I didn't care. He just has like a character. creepy scare and He's such a an creepy stare, character. and I was like. For me, he just felt distant. I didn't really care for That's him at all. That's part of his character. No, He's well, supposed to be like that. But I don't just mean distant from from the other characters. That's fine. But no, like, I, I just meant, felt distant from him. Yeah, like, like that's part of his character. He's supposed to be like his alo- this aloof presence that like he is like it's he's on the journey to become this like psychopath and like he's a very subtle beginning of like him being like 
uh, like him believing in the empire and all that and trying to like be the best um, officer that he can and being like fucked by the system and like everything he goes through afterwards having to move back with his mom I thought it was was such a like a cool real like portrayal compared to a lot of things we see in Star Wars and like him having to like go through that and then getting back to the empire and all that and like just um his obsession with the empire and another character which gets a little bit spoilery so I will mention that but, like his obsessions with all of that I thought it was like one of one of the great characters of the show honestly yeah but Almost all the characters that surround him also really bored me. Like, they just, I don't know, they just really felt flat to me. I, I never really connected to, like, a lot of the Imperial characters. Really? I thought Denise Galgas did Ramiro was amazing. Like, uh, and you can really see the side of the Empire, this corporate Nazi side yeah. that we never got to see before, at least not in, uh, in live action. I guess she did a good job, but, like, they could have utilized her as a storyline better. I also didn't didn't think that was a problem. I thought he was, she was great. Like uh, the her storyline of like, uh, d- being this like, kind of like a corner presence to the Empire board and like, building her way up to be like this great menacing power, and like, I don't know. Like I I I feel like her arc was like really pleasing. Like to see like those I guess I just never Empire follow- guys like have to be their own words i guess i just never felt the menacing part um that might have been my biggest problem with the whole show it's just lack of interesting villainous characters for me um yeah because they weren't playing villains they were playing like regular people in the other side that like became important people in the other side which is kind of like what rebels are like they became pawns not pawns but like they were just Disillusion? Yeah, they were like, they bought into the Empire's sh- whole shtick and like they were fighting for it, kind of like they were what the rebels do. And you got to see their side of it, but they weren't really villains. I, I feel think like they're was... gonna become villains now, but like before they were like, it was like their way into becoming villains, sort of. I just, yeah, I guess I just didn't feel their arcs were memorable. What's more memorable to me is the feeling that the Empire as an idea creates, the silence and the terror and how. The heroes have to combat that, or how everyone deals. Yeah, with but that. how do you do? Ex- how you need to explore that eventually in a franchise this big. You need to explore what makes them like that, or what like like the machinery behind it. And I feel like this show does this like brilliantly. Yeah, it it maybe it's just the individual characters and yeah. not the actual idea behind it. Um, Which is fine. Like you, everyone yeah. has like their opinion. It's okay. Um, like. Like, I know a lot of people were hating on the side characters from Obi-Wan Kenobi, but I thought they were way more interesting than the side characters here. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe the it, actual side characters, but I don't agree that Didra and Ciro were side characters. They were main characters here for me. So. I get. I just mean everyone who wasn't Obi-Wan or everyone who wasn't Andor. That's what I meant. Um, they are big characters, yes. Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma, I think, is also great. She's fantastic. Um, and I love her arc. Yes, See, like, every time she's on screen, you want to hear what she's trying to say. Um, she's, was she also, she was in Revenge of the Sith, too, right? Yep. For maybe, like, how much was she in it? Because I don't really remember. Not a lot. Not and, a lot. But she was also in Rogue One. And she had in, a good amount in Rogue One. And in, uh, what else was she in? She was in something Return else. of the Jedi, but obviously not Played the same actor. Actress, yeah. um, but, 
they really expanded on her character here in a way that could have easily just been like, hey, we want to bring this person back. But she was really interesting. Yeah. And there was so much soul to it because she was someone in power. But yeah. she didn't want to keep staying silent. And I loved that. You know what she reminded me of? Uh, she, both her story and the Empire story here, like the Empire characters. I've read the the Thrawn book, right? Which is like the oranges yeah. of, Thrawn, of Thrawn. I, I read that novel. Yeah. And it really reminded me of that. So it makes me feel like they, they did their homework of like how these societies worked under the Empire because we never really explored that era of like how how just it how like it works like how the senate works and how like the political machinery works george lucas tried to do that with the prequels but it kind of fell flat because of his writing style yeah every time i hear the word separatists in this show i'm like ptsd from all the boring politics in the prequels but like you can make it interesting as this show proves yeah like and if you i know you're never probably gonna do that but like if someone that's listening to this or watching is like Go back and like read some of these amazing Star Wars books that talk about that stuff, especially Thrawn. Um, that book is so good, and you really get into like it's about the rise of Thrawn and the Empire. So it's kind of like a similar idea with with the Empire ca- characters here. Um, like it is canon technically, so like uh, that also helps. It's Thrawn by Timothy Zahn uh, from. 2018 so that's the book i'm talking about because there's like four different thrawn books i remember alan saying once on the show that he wants benedict cumberbatch to play admiral thawn so let's see if that happens no they they already cast him oh they've cast him for what ahsoka for ahsoka yeah interesting it's the same guy that played him in uh in rebels that did the voice in rebels which is lars mikkelsen Oh, that's cool. Yeah. He was the villain in Sherlock season three. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. And he was the voice of Tron in Rebels. So I'm really excited. And he was really good in Rebels. So I'm really excited to. And his brother was also in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see him as Tron. Uh, He looks great in like the fake makeup I've seen online. So I'm excited to to see that. Anyway, uh, point is. uh, I feel like this show explored that side of Star Wars, which we don't really get a lot in um in live action and i enjoy that there's also um an actor who gets i think only two scenes in the whole show and he eats up the scenery i mean he's an actor who i think people knew he was going to be in the show he was also in rogue one uh and he shows up later and had these two amazing scenes with stone scar scar that i loved uh, I don't know if it's a spoiler though to say so. that um, Forrest Whitaker is in the show. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. I thought he was excellent. I mean, um, but if you know anything about Star Wars, you know that you couldn't make this show without him. <laughs> yeah, he's um, also Forrest Whitaker. Also had a quick scene in the Jedi Fall in Order video game, which I loved when he showed he's up. He's also in Rebels. Is he? That's yeah. cool. I don't know if he's played by the same guy, but like the the I don't know if he's played by Forrest Whitaker, but the character is in Rebels. Yeah, so he does a great job in his last couple of scenes, in his couple of scenes. There's also a really great arc in the prison, which this is one of the most sadistic prisons I have seen in like a fantastical world. Uh, and it makes you feel that same sort of like resentment. That's, is that the that best the prisoners episode? Are feeling. The, Which there are the three. final episode in the prison. I think that's the best episode of the show. Maybe because the, the action in those last three episodes, there's also like a, a chase sort of in the end of episode 11 
with Stellan Skarsgård that I really liked. Yeah. The action, those last three episodes, um, are what sort of elevated the show for me when I was like, yeah. this is decent. And then at the end, I was like, that's great. Yeah. And I think the other character, I don't. It's been out there, like people are spoiling okay. the hell out of it. But like, warning, you can say um, it in the prison episodes, we have our main man. I I always like to point to Gal, even Andy though I, even though I know his name, but like I I'd like to do that. Yeah, of course, Andy Sir Andy Circus is back. He's not playing uh, his previous Star Wars character. Yeah. He's not like he doesn't end up getting burnt, and then he's like, I've changed my name. To the Supreme Leader Snoke. That would have been insane if they did that in a bad way. Um, but, like, I really liked his character here. And um, you were talking about, like, uh, yeah, like, just how real some of those prison scenes were. And I think it's because of him. Like, he did a really good job in those scenes. Yeah. Every, like, even the side actors in the prison scenes, like, the actors who had a couple lines, I was like, damn, these guys are doing a really good job uh, at everyone who played the prisoners, actually. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, if you had to rate this show, um, actually, let's uh, let's first talk about, like, um, where do you want season two to head in? Um, rumor has it K2SO is going to be joining. No, I think that's which confirmed. Which would be, okay. That was he was lovely. supposed to be in the first one, but because of like uh, scheduling with the actor, he couldn't be. I think that's what it was, if I'm not mistaken. And then, uh, well, this one ends on kind of a cliffhanger. Um, we know that Cassian's going to make it out because he's the titular character and he has to survive for Rogue One. So he's going to be alive for the whole 12 episodes. But He's I'd the only like confirmed see... character next season so far. I'd like to see more with Agia Arjona, hopefully. And um, more colorful planets and sets. And, of course, K2SO. I loved him in Rogue One. Okay, I have, like... I agree with all of that, but I have, like, some uh, some different things that I want to see as well. Uh, I want to see, like, a deeper exploration of uh, Mon Mothma in the second season. I feel like there's a lot still to talk about with her. And I want to see more, like, her in the Senate and, like, all that shit that I love. Um so I want that. like tomorrow, Greenlight Mothma, a Disney Plus original series. In, honestly, I would like <laughs> that. But uh, anyway, like I want less of her family stuff and more of like her political maneuvering to help the rebellion. I want to see how that looks and how that feels in live action and all that. Because again, we had all that before, like in books and uh, animation. But I want to see that in this high quality. Not that the animation wasn't high quality, but like I mean, like in this movie level, like storytelling. And yeah, we'll review The Mandalorian in about two to three months. That it's coming out in February, if I'm not mistaken. It comes out March first, so March? it'll probably end okay. in early to mid April. Okay, fantastic. Uh, so we're we're definitely gonna talk yeah. about that, and we'll bring our dark sabers to the studio. Indeed. <laughs> uh, and that's it. Thank you guys so much for joining us. I've been Alan. And I've been gone. And we've See been the guys. Film Fanatics. See you guys. See ya. Remember to follow us at Film Fanatics Pod on TikTok, Instagram, and subscribe to our channel, please. Yep. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye. Film Fanatics. From the silver screen to your earphones. With Alan Azulay and Gal Balaban.